Welcome to Young and Adulting, a podcast of the Young Adults community at Christ Fellowship Church. Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the conversation. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Young and Adulting Podcast. We're in season four, and last season we talked all around the question, how, and now we're asking about the question, why. Our hope is that this conversation is going to give you confidence in your daily walk with Jesus, understanding both what He says and why He says it. We believe that knowing and understanding the why behind some of life's biggest questions can really help us to get through some of the how that life throws our way. Today, we're joined by a new voice to the young and adulting audience, but not a stranger to the Christ Fellowship family. Pastor Nate Baer is in the house. He's been serving on team with us for several years. He's an incredible worship leader, both he and his wife. And he serves as a musical mentor to many, including myself. And honestly, we're just so thankful to have you here. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Glad to be here. So why don't you tell our young and adulting family just a little bit about you? So my name is Nate. I am 30 years old and feel every year of it. Shout out to 20s and 30s. Yep. I have a beautiful wife named Sarah and a wonderful seven-month-old daughter named Brooklyn, and she is incredible and the joy of my life right now. And I've been looking after worship at the Boynton campus for the past few years, but I've been on staff at Christ Fellowship for eight and a half years or so leading worship. And it's just been an incredible journey getting here and being here and seeing what God has for me. Yes. And honestly, we're so grateful to have you both on team and in this conversation today. Really what we want to talk about is we want to ask the question, why does life feel so overwhelming? And I think if anybody were to look around the world, we could come up with a number of answers of why life is so overwhelming. But really what we want to do throughout this conversation is unpack kind of the antidote to the problem, Mm. which I truly believe is having a posture of worship. But we've got to first kind of get on the same page about what what does worship mean. Right. And a lot of times when you think about worship, you think about the 15 to 20 minutes on a weekend with the person at the front with the guitar in their hand and everyone kind of sings and then goes home. But I'm I'm sure it's deeper than that. And I'm sure that you've got a lot to say about it. But we usually end with this question, but I want to start with it. So if a young adult were to Google the question, why does life feel so overwhelming? What would you say if you could fill in that blank? Man, I think it's, it's a very simplistic answer and it really comes off not from an insensitive place so please hear me when i say that i don't mean to sound like this is the only way through it there are very real things that we fight against and focus on but on the spiritual side i think a lot of it is because instead of worshiping we're worrying and we're taking every problem every single issue that comes our way and we're actually placing that on the pedestal Hmm instead of placing our savior on the pedestal. Yeah, um, we hear it in songs all the time. We hear so many different things that we're even singing in that 15 to 20 minutes on a weekend right. that talk about how big our God is. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason we're intentionally placing songs like that in our worship sets. Mm-hmm. We're trying to actually communicate that God is the antidote, like you said, yep. to this problem of why life is so overwhelming. And yep. we walk in carrying all of these burdens and these things that weigh us down But a lot of the times when we actually place God in the rightful spot, either our heart changes um, or we see breakthrough because God is actually unleashing something Hmm. during that time, which is incredible to think about that. It's not a 
I don't worship for that, hmm. but our God is so good that even in my times where I'm just focusing on worshiping him, he's still moving. Yeah. He's still working things out in ways that I may not even see in the moment. Yep. But still I see his faithfulness. That's so good. I've heard it said like worship d defined as it's our, our, our mind's attention and our heart's affection, like mm -hmm. the direction of our mind's attention and heart's affection. So for the listeners that might not be on a worship team, they might not mm -hmm. play an instrument, they might not even sing. Um, how would you how would you describe what it means to have a posture of worship in everyday life? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, to go really deep, really quick. There's sure. there's two different types of worship that I like to look at. One is found a lot in the Old Testament, and it's called proskuneo, hmm. which means to kiss the feet of, to lay po prostrate down, like face first. It's giving glory, realizing that we are not in the same position of hmm. who we're worshiping or hmm. what we're worshiping. And then there's another one found that I love. One of my favorite scriptures it's found in is Romans 12. Hmm. And it's actually called Latreia. Hmm. And that is a service of worship. And so a lot of the times I find we seek out proskuneo on the weekend. We try to get people to understand how big God is, yeah. how magnificent his power is, his might, what he's done, who he is, those yeah. things combined. But there's a difference, I think, in practically putting it for like those who aren't on a worship team or that yeah. it's actually we can view worship as a service to God, Latreia. Mm -hmm. It's that Romans 12, transforming your mind, yeah. renewing it, becoming yeah. something new every single day. Yeah. And then that actually, that entire scripture kind of breaks down ways that you can practically do that. I love that. And it's really cool to see one of the, my favorite parts in it is it basically says love well. Hmm. Like, so it's like, yeah. you want to worship today, love someone well, like mm, just, great. just take a practical step. And it's yep. like, you can actually take 1% increase on that today. Mm. And it's easy. Yep. Send a text to someone, yep. call someone when someone cuts you off in traffic, tell them this to myself, <laughs> worship the Lord, worship the Lord by <laughs> not reacting, letting them through, yep. you know, being a safer driver instead of an aggressive one. Like sure. I naturally tend to be. Sure. So if we were to even zoom in a little bit more and make it just extremely practical. So if worship is like mind's attention, heart's affection, how would somebody posture their heart in worship? Like, what does that mean? Th those are, can be seen as very churchy yeah. words. And mm -hmm. uh, you said things like kiss the feet of like, yeah. and, and I, you know, I've grown up around the church. And so, but for those that they might be hearing this and it's kind of, it's kind of right. wonky. <laughs> yeah. How would you kind of put some, put some lifestyle to it of what it actually looks like to posture your heart to focus on Jesus and that that can be considered worship in the same effect that's singing out. Yeah. Like, is worship just music? And if not, what is it? Yeah, I, I would say for me, the easiest way to break down a posture of worship in that context is really to look at it as placing myself in the right spot. Mm and then placing God in the right spot. I love that. I have to realize I'm not God. That's where it has to start for me. I know that may sound really prideful of me, but I actually have to remember that I don't control everything. I don't control the world. I don't control circumstances or yeah. situations. I don't control the way this conversation's gonna go. I, I'm actually just hmm. solely existing, knowing that God is who he is. So there's two sides to that. So I think it's actually knowing more about God, taking time to grow yeah, in your relationship great. with him. 
there's so many ways, prayer, worship, his yeah. word, like spend time knowing him. But by doing that, we're actually placing him at first yep. in the center. And that in turn naturally positions us. If you want to use a different word than even posture, yeah. it places us in the right position of saying, I'm not what it's all about. Mm, that's great. And I mean, when we're talking about why does life feel so overwhelming, you start it by saying, the first thing is our focus. We're mm -hmm. focusing on things that by nature, they're gonna be overwhelming yeah. <laughs> until kingdom come. But when you switch your focus on something or someone who's got power over those, those unchanging, overwhelming things, and he's unchanging, it can actually posture your heart to have peace again. Right. I think that's so beautiful. So I think sometimes it can feel kind of overwhelming to, to think about like when you're going through something that's tough to just pause and worship. <laughs> so it, it almost feels like you're doing something passive that's not very like active and problem solving. So right. how would you speak to the person who might feel like worship doesn't feel like a solution to anything. Yeah. It just feels like maybe an outlet to make you feel good. Like how would you speak to worship actually being a weapon? Yeah, so there, there's a lot of ways that worship is a weapon. A lot of the times, especially when you think about that 15 to 20 minutes or yep. turning on worship music in your car, we're actually putting scripture to it. Hmm. And God's word says that scripture is a two-edged sword. Hmm. It's meant to cut. It's meant to divide. It's actually an offensive weapon. Love it. So we're actually kind of in a way using song, melody, chord patterns and hmm. structures to really put something into place that's easier to remember than just, okay, I looked at this, these words, you know, but it's actually helping us internalize yeah. a little bit different. That's why I love getting to lead worship hmm. on in that 15 to 20 minutes. Yep. I'm trying to teach parents how to be worship leaders in their household, yeah, that's how great. to actually know God's word and to place it in the right spot yep. in a memorable way. Hmm. And then I also think when you really look at worship as a weapon, I think so often we think we are the ones who have to fight. Mm, that's great. Like I said, it's actually not about me. Yeah. You know, so when I actually allow God to do what God wants to do in this situation, yeah. and I remove myself from the grit of being placed centrally yeah. in that situation, it's different. I even look at it, Sarah and I talk about this, my wife, when we're fighting a problem, yeah, like a lot of the times, and it's like naturally she frustrates me, I frustrate her, we're fighting each other. Hmm. But what doesn't help is when we're combative with each other. Yeah. What helps is when we're on the same side and we go stand next Love to it. each other and look at the problem. That's great. And we try to fix it. So yeah. in worship, really, I'm trying to get on God's side. That's I'm awesome. trying to reposition myself. Yep. Again, taking that posture. It's It's not a passive thing. It's just I'm standing... I, you can go all the way to Star Wars if you want a Star Wars <laughs> reference for some people out there. As we should. Let's yeah. go there. Obi-Wan and Anakin are fighting. <laughs> and Obi-Wan goes, I have the high ground. Hmm. Right now, I think hmm. we're fighting from the low ground. That's great. We're, we're looking from this place when we're in the situation where it's easy to say, I'm overwhelmed. Hmm. It's easy to say, there's no, I don't see the light at the end of the yeah. tunnel. But I think we need to stop looking for the light and go to the light. Hmm. We have God in the situation. That's get on awesome. his side, get on his page, let him lead, yep. let him guide and really allow our worship to be the act of us almost more surrendering yeah. and letting go. You can't really fight a battle fully with your hands like this. If you need to pick up something like a weapon, yeah, 
So it's like, if my fists are just the only thing I got, yeah. like I'm not going to be as strong as I could be. Mm. When I open my hands and actually let God do That's what great. he wants to do, I can end up with something that actually helps in the process. I love that. I'd love to know just kind of personally, if you've got something that kind of comes to mind that addresses this, how, how in your own life has the, have you seen the power of worship play out in maybe a situation in your family or in your personal life or in your walk with Jesus? But if you could just kind of let our young adult family into how, how has worship played a role in your life as a weapon? There's so many different ways that I've seen it. The easiest one that I can relate to, when I was growing up, I was playing soccer at a high level and I basically had a career ending injury um, in my right knee. I ended up experiencing some levels of depression. Hmm. I mean, there were times where it got better, so I'd label it sadness, you know, in places where I felt like I was not worth anything. A lot of my insecurity that I still deal with today Mm. is I don't feel good enough. But that is all stemming from, you know, this place of what I thought was my path, what I thought Mm. was my, like, honestly, my God at that point. Yeah. I lost. And Mm. so I didn't feel like I had any stability. So during that season, I actually dove in that was when i started actually playing guitar more wow i knew how to play the you know the five chords i learned on youtube someone taught me a g-shaped chord and i was like cool i got this yep but during that season i actually picked up my guitar and allowed that time to not just be me learning guitar but me spending time with God. And I actually, during that season, repositioned him, got on his side instead of being on my own side. It felt for a while like I was battling God because I had soccer in the middle. Something was standing in the way. When I actually removed that, I started to get on the same page and I started to release. I started to surrender. And now I sit here today as I have the title worship pastor, right. and really the only difference that I have is I'm trying to live a life continuously surrendered. I love that. I love that you have the title of a worship leader, but you have the, you have the position of a son. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of the day, like every worship leader, every worship leader, every follower of Christ is ultimately a worship leader, mm-hmm. right? I think that's, that's so cool. And even in my own life, as you were talking about like the role that worship has played, I thought about just so many times where like emotions would be what, what overwhelmed me about life. So mm-hmm. situations could come and go, but like the way I was processing it, I was overwhelmed. And playing the piano was a way that I, I could actually communicate my emotions to God. Right. And I didn't realize that God can actually communicate through our emotions. That felt like a very humanly thing, a very right. earthly thing. And I think that it's so beautiful how there's a lot of creative avenues that God will meet with his people. So some of y'all are painters, some of you mm-hmm. are creatives, some of you speak, some of you play sports, but in everything that you do, if scripture says do it unto the Lord, that phrase speaks to worship, right? Yeah. Do it unto the Lord. So I think that's so cool that whoever's listening right now you've got the instrument already. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you have breath in your lungs, you have, <laughs> you the, are, instrument. You have the instrument. Yeah. That's so good. So one more question that I'd, I'd love to just get your thoughts on. What does it look like to choose worship even when you may not feel like it? What are some practical ways that you can make this a habit in your everyday life? So this was actually 
a moment I led on the weekend not too long ago. I feel often that I walk in leaning in from my emotional state Hmm. instead of from even a practical state. Okay. When we're talking about posture and all these things, it's becomes pretty black and white to me. It's not gray. It's like if I'm going after a battle, I know that I can't do it alone. So I have to get on the same page. I have to remove myself from being this sole person fighting and actually place, you know, that position. So when I walk in just feeling, it's like, well, I feel like I'm alone. I feel like I need this. I feel like, you know, when we walk in just feeling, we actually sometimes allow our sin our habits, our hurts, our hangups to actually dictate how we view God. Yeah. And so worship is a choice. I told my wife when I first told her I loved her, I was like, this is a choice I'm making. Yeah, that's Not just a feeling I'm saying it from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the reason why I think our relationship is what it is Mm. is because every day it's not hard to choose it, but Mm. I still choose it. Yeah. She's never made it hard. I don't feel like I've made it hard. I try my best not to, hopefully. I have not made it hard for her, but we choose each other. We'll pull her in and interview her. Yeah, (laughs) but we choose each other and we choose to actually value one another. So when I walk in and I'm feeling Mm -hmm. in that season or situation, like I can't worship, I'm actually in some ways allowing something else to be placed over God. And so making that choice to say, God, like I'm, I may not feel it right now, yep. but I'm hoping that as I make this choice, my feelings are going to catch up. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I, I think about that verse in scripture where, where David says, oh, my soul, why are you so downcast? Look up and, and praise the Lord. Yeah. Like he actually speaks to a physical condition mm-hmm. with the truth of God's word and like realigns his heart right. with what's true. And then his, his body catches up. Yeah. I think that's so cool. So this has really been an incredible conversation and I, we could ask a ton more questions because I'm sure you've got so many different experiences, but I just want to thank you so much for joining Absolutely. us again. And Pastor Nate, like it's, it's really been an honor to be able to hear you unpack your experience with worship. And I, I trust and believe that it's going to encourage so many of our young adults. So thanks for your vulnerability. Thanks for your honesty. And just thanks, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Hey, I want to encourage all of you to check the show notes for any resources that were mentioned in today's episode. I just want to thank all of you for joining us for the Young and Adulting Podcast. If you like this episode, I want to invite you to leave a comment or a review, and don't forget to share it with somebody. We'll see you back here next Thursday for another episode of the Young and Adulting Podcast. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Young and Adulting. Follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.